when you ride, you drink coffee. If you're a Swede, you have your morning coffee, and then there's a problem with the like English or American language that you don't have any word for the late morning. Like morning is early for us, and then we have pre-noon. And then we have noon or lunch, and then we have <laughs> afternoon <laughs> and evening. So we have coffee in the morning, and then we have pre-noon coffee, lunch coffee, afternoon coffee, and then dinner coffee. <laughs> so being here, we only had breakfast, like coffee for breakfast, morning coffee, and then no, nothing more. It's like, <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> we need to talk about this. <laughs> How do I ride that much five days in a row? I had no idea if I could do it. I've never done it. How do I do it? So I did a good amount of like, you know, self-research on what are my best recovery practices while I'm here so I can, you know, maximize my, my performance each day and hopefully be able to do every day. So that was number one. And then more specifically, like today was, a, I had some fear about today with the 10,000 feet of climbing. I mean, I'm from Wisconsin, you guys. It's, we have hills, they're, they're very cute. Um, they're very cute, but like nothing like this. Even though the roads are pretty small and quite a bit of traffic in some areas, the drivers are exceptionally accommodating. It's just different in the US, we don't ever get buzzed. Um, they, they're on, uh, I guess they call it uh, island time, or here it's Tico time where they're not in a hurry. And the riders work really well with the cars to, you know, if we get around a blind turn, they wave the car by and the car trusts the rider. and. It just seems to work. That is unique. I would not, had somebody told me that, I would have found that hard to believe. And then I think everybody's probably experienced it. I mean, any day you have a ton of cars, there's gonna be, I wouldn't call it a close call, but things happen. But it's really nice to have motorists who, who care about us on the road, almost universally. Welcome to the Yogi Triathlete Podcast. We are Jess and BJ, and this is the place where we share stories of people looking, finding, and living their purpose. If you're wondering where to find purpose, we always say, start with doing more of what you love, which is exactly what has landed BJ and I where we are tonight in the company of five other people doing the very same. We are thrilled to be coming to you from the Pura Vida Hotel in Alajuela, Costa Rica, otherwise known as Base Camp for the Pura Vida Cycling Challenge. This multi-day Grand Tour style riding event was introduced to this community last May when we dropped episode 314 with co-founders Dan Casey and Jennifer Volman, both of who are with us tonight along with Lewis, Johan, and Deb, three of the amazing athletes participating in the challenge. And so here we are at the completion of stage two, a long day, the longest day of the challenge, and we're here to smack down the experience thus far. First off, thank you guys for, uh, for coming together for this. I know it's, it was a long day, um, so extremely grateful. Um, but my first question is for Dan. Um, let's, I know I talked a little bit about it today when we were riding together. Um, this was something that was brewed years ago and you've been through many of these rides, these roads, these climbs, these descents, uh, the local community. And as you're riding through today, let's talk about today and you see all these Ticos and Ticas in these jerseys and coming together as a community, pulling up us gringos um, around the, dragging us around the climbs. How does that feel to see that thought come to fruition? It's, it feels really good. It's, I've talked to Jennifer about this quite a bit. You know, there was a vision um, almost 15 years ago to make something like this a reality when I lived here and I had experiences informal, um, you know, not events, but just riding with these people, having them show me the country, tell me the history of little towns, uh, tell me about the fruits of the fruit stand we're stopping that I didn't know what they were. And as I went through these experiences on a regular basis, and I was riding with these groups probably four or five times a week, um, I just thought to myself, there, other people have to experience this and I want to share this with others. And today, when you ride with that group of, there was probably 40 to 50 of us out there, uh, strong with uh, maybe nine gringos and 40 plus ticos. So it's rewarding because you see the amount of growth 
the amount of um, contributions that our our foreign group has made to this community, and not so, not just in terms of our charity that brings gear and 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 helps the locals stay on the road, but also in connectivity and friendships. And, you know, the fact that you guys are down here for the second time and you guys know people and Lewis knows people. And we've got two brand new athletes here today as well, Johan and Deb. They're meeting the crew for the first time. Um, but Robin knows people and those friendships and just seeing you guys interact with those people, the, the cultural piece of what this event is, it's really special to see. And, and it, it's really what this vision is all about. It's connectivity and bringing people together through these epic bike rides. And uh, today seeing that group ride together the way it was, as tight it is, as it is. Language doesn't even matter. It's just the language is the bike ride. The language is the day. And that was really special to see. I agree. Uh, the language, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. There's a, a woman I rode with today, Valley, who is uh, Abel's uh, partner. And we have a huge language barrier, the two of us, but there is such a love and there's such a wonderful match for us as, uh, as athletes. And so I was just so excited not only to see her again, but to be able to ride with her. So when I saw her at the gas station this morning, when uh -huh. we picked them all up, it was just so special. Have you ever seen a group that, like when you ride in big cycling groups anywhere around the world, I would challenge anyone to, see, to, to say that they've seen more smiles and laughs on a group ride than you see on these five days. It is just loose and fun and welcoming and inclusive. That that's it was it's just amazing to see. It's it's really rewarding. It's incredibly special. It's very unique and and whatever this vision you had, I, I would assume what you're what you're looking at is, you know, tenfold if if not much, much bigger than that. And I have a similar question for you, Jennifer. Um Yesterday was our first day and we roll out of the hotel, which is one of the wonderful things is that there's no travel. Like you land here at base camp and we roll out and roll in every day from the same location, which is so nice. But we roll from here and we go to El Bunker where, you know, it's the cycling hub of this community. And this is when you start to see people reconnecting. So BJ and I reconnecting with the friends we met last year. Robin, who is here, she's not here on the podcast. Um, she's having a well-deserved rest tonight. She crushed it today. And, um, you know, watching her come back now for the third time and meeting people. And I, I witnessed you at one point just kind of taking in the whole scene. And so I want to ask you a similar question about how does that feel when you see these connections that you don't have to be in the middle of, although you were the conduit for those connections to happen. Yeah, I think I, I say this on time. It never occurred to me when we started this business that people would come back to it. You know, in my head, it's, it's a travel business and people come and they do the thing and they don't ever come back. And it's always been astounding to me. Like, I, I want to keep coming back because when I first came down with Dan, this community welcomed me just so they welcome everybody else. And I had never been on a group ride or a cycling community as a female that walked in and everybody was like supportive and welcoming and also didn't underestimate ability just because I was a woman. And that in itself, was amazing and then to watch them do the same thing to people and to you who are my friends to come down over and over and over again has been amazing and of course people want to come back and do this because this is an amazing experience and it's so unique and so beautiful and so every new time we come the challenge while well, this is our eighth ninth, ninth challenge that we have done, they all feel really different because we bring a different group to people and that changes the dynamics, the energy, and they're all unique and special in its own way. And so it's so, it's really beautiful to see, you know, a community that's embraced me without without Spanish. I still don't know very much Spanish, right? But embraces me as who I am and um <clears throat> It's there, as Dan said today, the day, you're very exposed when you do these rides, that there's no hiding. Like you are at a pure survival mode a lot of times to, to get up. It's a long day. Like you are, the essence of who you are comes out in these rides. And so to be surrounded by a community who's also in that same place and also laughing and beautiful and supportive is an incredible experience. So to see this each time now for the ninth time is, I mean... You can't really put words on it. It's just really, it's really You can't. Beautiful. And that's, we keep doing these lives. BJ and I do our, our Smackdowns every day to recap the stages. And it's like, we're putting words to it, but they just, ah, they just don't do it justice. 
Um, and we talk a lot about the local community here, but the reason why we have these guys with us at the table tonight is because we want to talk about this community that is here at base camp um, for the week where, you know, we're we're all coming from different areas and we're coming from different athletic backgrounds and we come together and very similar to what I've experienced with the Ticos and the Tico community is that we become family uh, pretty quick and, um, and it's, and it's oh man, it's just such a special experience. Like I sit here and I'm looking across the table at people that I know that I'm sharing such a transformative experience with that we're going to be in each other's lives forever, what, whatever that touch looks like. Um, so anyway, I want to start bringing you guys in, enough, enough of us. We want this to be more about you guys tonight. And Deb, I'm going to start with you. Just introduce yourself and let us know what brought you here. And then also a meaningful experience that's happened over the last couple of days, something that's maybe sticking in your, in your mind. Um, my name's Deb. I'm from Milwaukee, Wisconsin in the States. And what brought me here was Robin. We live in the same town, Milwaukee. Um, Robin was telling me about her experiences over the past few years here. And my jaw just like dropped. And I said, I want to do that too. And I made it happen. And, um, she's been incredibly supportive with, um, with all my questions and concerns, like, leading up to it. Because, you know, gosh, whenever you do something novel like this, especially when it's a challenge, it's terrifying. You know, you don't know, you don't know what to expect. You don't know what's going to happen each day. And, um, wow, has it, like, completely even blown past my expectations so far. Um, I'd say the most memorable, in general, like, the most memorable feelings I'm having are um, being able to, I do speak some Spanish, and being able to just casually speak with some of the Ticos on the rides just fills my soul. I absolutely love it. Um, seeing El Bunker for the first time was very powerful. Uh, it's, you know, it's not just a place where you store bike stuff. It's, it's a community hub, right? It's where a lot of magic happens, it seems like. And I'm excited to see more of it on Tuesday when we have a little, a little party, a little fiesta over there. Um, but I'm so much looking forward to the, the next three days, and I am absolutely overjoyed to have come down here. What is it? Um, because I'm like Jennifer, don't really know any Spanish. So what, <laughs> what's the conversation like? Like, what are they saying from, from their side of things? <laughs> Fill us in. <laughs> what are they saying about us? Because they're always laughing and pointing. Absolutely. And I definitely don't understand everything, that's for sure. But um, it's, it, it was instant. I felt instant camaraderie with them. Like, they were very much willing to deal with my limited Spanish speaking ability. And, um, you know, it, it, it can range anywhere from, like, just being silly um, to... You know, talking about what's coming up in the next phase of of the day, and uh, and you know, you know, talking about when we're going to eat next. It, it's it's pretty simple conversation, but it is so light and so wonderful. What a what an amazing way to pass the time. Yesterday, I was riding with the bell, and it was just quiet. And all of a sudden, he said, "San Jose, the capital of Costa Rica." <laughs> so you have conversation and I was like it is yes San Jose and then we made up a song about San Jose and that was it and we laughed and we sweat and we were in pain and it was beautiful uh, Lewis, I'm going to pass this over to you because you are more than just a participant, man. You are uh, part of this like six foundation. Six time six time, six time return yeah. alright, yeah. let's <laughs> dish it out man, we want to hear it uh, I was thinking about about that, I kind of, I wasn't, I wasn't like the, one of the, the two founders, but I did get in on, I think, the initial formal one that they did, and I've been part of it since for the, the last year and a half, um, and we kind of, they've gotten a lot, they've gotten really streamlined with it, yet within that, within the five days, there's quite a bit of variability every trip based on who's here, based on uh, which Ticos show up, and then like a day like today that ended up being probably the hottest day we've ever had what the challenges are. And rarely, 
Rarely do the local guys complain about the heat, but today they were like, oh, it's hot. And uh, we get down low. Uh, today's the lowest day. We go way down and then go way up. So it's long, and, and today was a hotter day. So even though it's really streamlined and it's really um, kind of the same five days, there is a lot of variability within that. And I think that's part of why um, there has been so much interest in people coming back, not only because it's a great experience, but also they're like, hey, I want to do that one day again, and I want to do this, or I would like to see this again, or I wish I'd taken a picture of this, or Robin with her Homer Simpson bar she wants to stop at, which I think we're going to allow for if it's open, you know, things like that. I think people, they get really, there's so much to see and it's so much packed in in five days that there's a lot of riding, but a lot of variability. I mean, what do we cover, like 300 miles or something with a ton of climbing? Yeah, like today was a 10,000-foot day. So um, that's really fun. And then, like, you know, this trip, we have uh, Johan from Sweden, and he's really similar to me both in, I mean, I try to be Swedish. I'm maybe a quarter Swedish, but in heritage, <laughs> age, athletic background, what we're, interest, we're really interested in the same stuff. Uh, Jennifer was smart to put us in the same casita so we can do uh, talk, 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 uh, talk numbers and whatnot. So there's a lot of really interesting aspects to it that I've, I mean, I've done cycling camps since I was 15 and they're in the U.S. They're more alike than different. And this is totally different, <laughs> a different world, you know. What have you seen? So you've been here six times. What have you seen in the community as it grows? Like, did you see, you know, 10 riders at first and then okay. now you see the uh, age of riders yeah. change? Massive camaraderie. So a lot of the same riders. And um, what's really cool is among the riders, um, the, the locals here, the Ticos here and Ticos, I haven't seen anybody go away. Even the people that aren't riding anymore, their lives have changed, they've gotten jobs, they still come out and hang out or ride their motorcycle out and say hi or bring stuff out. So everyone's all in. Um, uh, people from the U.S. who I know who aren't here are constantly texting me saying, you know, how was is, how is Aguacate climb today? What was it like? Was it hot? Who did what? Um, so the interest is like, is just growing massively. And then, you know, the camaraderie among our group is really high, but something that Deb said that I find really interesting, I thought about it today, and nothing against American cyclists, but the group is crazy, crazy tight and fun, but even the, Costa Rica is kind of cycling crazy, and there's people, all the other cyclists out there are quite friendly. Um, they hop in the group sometimes, and they're welcome, and this is kind of like something that doesn't happen in the U.S. The U.S. is really... Uh, you know, you might go by somebody and grunt or, hey, get off my wheel. I see you see it all the time. It's a totally different thing. Um, whereas here, it's just like, it's just all like this, this thing in motion everywhere. And people climb with us and ask us about where we're from. And, you know, like sometimes there's people, I'm like, I don't think I know who this guy is, but he's, a, he's not part of our group. <laughs> we're just riding along, you know? <laughs> so that's a whole other aspect. I don't know if you guys noticed that as well. But um, I think here they really, it's really, I mean, I think the culture's different. People are different, but the... The bike, people look at the bike as like a really like uniting thing. Like if we're riding a bike out there together, we're, we're, we're way like the same, you know? So can I just ask a quick uh, follow-up to Lewis? Before you came down here, I think you had ridden Latin America before, maybe a few other countries you had raced in Latin America, not Costa Rica specifically, but Latin America. Um, you didn't know what you were getting into in terms of road quality, weather, um, traffic, what, what has your experience been in terms of how are the roads, how are the traffic, how is the traffic, is it safe? Um, you know, from your first trip, you didn't really know that. Now you've been here six times. What are your thoughts on that? Um, okay, well, let's go through them. Road quality is mostly good. I mean, it's not, it's crazy steep climbs and stuff you wouldn't see in the U.S. because there's no snow here and they just build roads wherever. That's also really awesome. Um, People have underestimated it. Many people we've had here, including me, in, to some degree. Um, well, for sure me, but <laughs> I made it. I made it. Uh, but everybody does that. I mean, hearing like you, you need a one-to-one -one gear ratio and easy gears and things like that. And um, But road quality is good enough. Um, it's good enough that in the, even these long rides, I remember some of the major holes. So that's a good thing. It's not like there's so many that... And some roads are perfectly smooth and repaved, and some roads are not. So it's kind of like not that different than the U.S. in many ways. Um, quality of riders is way, way, way high. Everybody has really good, um, really good group riding skills, and that's just not in our group. It seems like all the groups that you see, um, for some reason, they really um, either promote that or people are taught that. I don't know how, but people. Oh, well. it, it's okay. So the the leader of the local group has a has a very good leader that. There's a very high bar I think they have to be at before they're allowed to go out and and, and ride with the group, um, but. 
even though the roads are pretty small and pretty quite a, quite a bit of traffic in some areas, the drivers are exceptionally accommodating. They look at I don't know if they look at it like it's just different in the U.S. We don't ever get buzzed. Um, they they are on uh, I guess they call it. Uh, island time, or here it's Tico time, where they're not in a hurry, and um, the riders work really well with the cars to, you know, if we get around a blind turn, they wave the car by and the car trusts the rider, and it just seems to work. So um, that that is unique. I would not, had somebody told me that, I would have found that hard to believe, and then I think everybody's probably experienced it. I mean, any day you have a ton of cars, there's going to be, I wouldn't call it a close call, but things happen, but it's really nice to have motorists who who care about us on the road almost universally. Memorable experience from today. What, oh, what sticks dude. out? Riding, riding, ride, riding with you at Baguacate. Uh, we got to ride together, and I saw BJ go to the next level. Uh, I was telling these guys after he left, particularly on that last, uh, after the restaurant, the last 800 meters, we were riding with the two Ticos, and I'd been talking a little smack for a while to them, and he let them have it. So that was pretty cool. <laughs> Um, I thought you were doing that. Yeah. Then... I, I hadn't seen you ride that hard before, honestly. I mean, you guys are riding together a lot, and you're usually just, you know, in yogi meditation mode. And <laughs> I saw I saw a different BJ out there, man. He was just going for it, and I thought that was awesome. And we kind of did that again at the end. But, but you, I mean, you did put down a pretty good effort on the climb, right? Yeah, I looked at, I actually looked back on Strava, yes. At 100 degrees or whatever it was, too? <laughs> Late, four hours, yeah, four and was... a half hours into the ride after like... eating? Eight or ten minutes faster than I went oh, last year. Oh, yeah. On a under an hour, an hour or something effort. Yeah, forty-five yeah. minutes. Yeah. So we're talking twenty percent. Yeah. Yeah. So I wasn't making that up. So Good thank job, you because you were job, pacing man. me a lot. <laughs> it was awesome. Pacing me a lot. But I knew you were ta- talking smack to those guys because <laughs> they were slowing <laughs> down and, and yeah, then they were my standing up, and then all of a sudden they were like right behind well, you again. I was like, I was Wait also. A I mean, we were riding together, but I was also trying to motivate them. Yeah. I'm like, come on, guys, don't you yeah. rode with the front for a while? Don't give up now. <laughs> you don't get to walk up the thing, you know. But I think by the end, they thought, they thought, okay, well, we're, we're young guys. These are two, two old gringos. We'll take them. And then, but you, you did. You dropped, like, a, you added another 100 watts or something the last part. And that was that. Could have been a little bit Jen, Jennifer the night before, <laughs> planting some seeds. Yeah, okay. Um, all right, let's, let's head over to Johan. Yeah. So <laughs> what, uh, what brought you here? Um, and then I want to go into something else. But how did you how did you come to find out about the Pure Vita Cycling Challenge and, and, and came here? Yeah, first of all, thanks for being here. Uh, it's amazing. Um, well, uh, it was more of a coincidence. I ran into Jennifer in a race, in a Starvation X-Tri race, um, like an X-Tri race in Utah in the U.S. Um, last summer. And uh, we had a dialogue after that. And, and she was at that time looking in for doing Norseman, this year, and uh, and I organized Swedman. So in that conversation, and I mean, we're both coaching and um, as a work. Uh, so she just invited me here, like quite spontaneously, and I started to look into it, and it looks great. Uh, so I took the opportunity to go here now, and it is even though I I, I got into the whole week and the whole setup, I I'm absolutely amazed. Uh, about the width, like how how much we're involved in the in the local cycling community and how friendly it is. We've been o- only here for like two days now, and I feel like a really part of the the cycling society here. Like for it has been a, uh, two amazing days out, and and regarding language wise, considering the amount of weeks uh, I've been. Sp- spending in, in training and racing in Spanish-speaking countries, I speak terrible Spanish. <laughs> so, and and th- that said, I mean, there's, there's, there's no problem at all um, to have a connection and f- uh, the feeling of being very welcome uh, with the other cyclists there. It's, uh, it's awesome. What's it like at the front? Because you, you, you're right. You... Yeah, tell us, please. I'm so curious. What's it, what's it like um, just immersing yourself like right at the front of the group with the Ticos and like feeling that pull to, to, push, um, to push the effort like right away? Uh, well, it's, uh, uh, I, I like cycling. Uh, and when people go off, uh, I just, I just uh, try to <laughs> get along there. Well, uh, the, uh, 
I love the cycling. I love the training. Uh, I think I overdid it a couple of times the last two days because the temperature is massively high. And uh, while well, I'm probably twice the size of the, <laughs> the lighter locals, so uh, some occasions uh, I was looking down. I was like, I've been doing over 400 watts for, for quite a while now. <laughs> no, but it's a uh, uh, the, the, the span of cyclists here are, are like everyone is really welcome, uh, and and uh, so uh, yeah, we we've, we've been in the front uh, with the with the good guys, uh, very a very good experience, very friendly. Uh, still, we're. Like everyone is is uh, waiting at the top for the whole bunch, um, so we're really riding together as a big group. Uh, but uh, yeah, to me this is very different. I just came out of winter, uh, so it's just uh, different in many ways for me. Memorable experience prior to coffee and post coffee. <laughs> <laughs> well, this uh, well, considering we're in uh, one of the, I think. Costa Rica is producing a lot of coffee, like for the world. And in Sweden, we drink a lot of coffee. And coffee is very closely connected to the cycling culture as well, in in Europe at least. Uh, I don't know how the situation is in uh, here or in the U.S. But so it's when you when you ride, you drink coffee. And we have like if you're a Swede, you have your morning coffee, and then there's a problem with the like English or American language that you don't have any word for the late morning. Like Morning is early for us, and then we have pre-noon, and then we have noon, or lunch, and then we have <laughs> afternoon <laughs> and evening. So we have coffee in the morning, and then we have pre-noon coffee, lunch coffee, afternoon coffee, and then dinner coffee. <laughs> so being here, we only had breakfast, like coffee for breakfast, morning coffee, and then no, nothing more. It's like... <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> we need to talk about this. <laughs> so. That's it's probably a shortcoming on our Gringo team's part because if you talk to the Ticos about their t coffee consumption, I think it would be very similar to your coffee consumption in Sweden. Um, so their their early morning coffee, their late morning coffee, they do the whole thing. A lot of the Ticos that I've ridden with here will stop for coffee mid ride as well. So. We can start adding that into some of your experience here and make sure you, you get that full experience. <laughs> sounds, sounds great. You, you always stop the coffee. Yeah. <laughs> Just one, one other comment on coffee. The terrain here that we're riding through is world-class coffee farms. I mean, the, the, uh, the volcanic soil here is conducive to coffee farms. So what you're seeing as we roll up and down these hills and these massive climbs, and I even pointed out to Deb when we stopped to take a picture of this amazing view at, at the top of the Awakate climb, is you see this giant valley and all you see is coffee farms um, right in the side of these giant mountains and I mean, this is really uh, for for folks that are into coffee drinking, and um, you know, just the land that produces that amazing um, bean. We're riding right through it all the time. I mean, there's one Starbucks coffee farm that you guys rode up to on your shakeout ride on Friday. Almost. Yeah, almost. Yeah. We, you were like we got lost half and we a, stopped yeah, at the wrong cafe, before. but the coffee was good. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's a big part. I mean, it's this this is still a very agrarian economy where especially Alajuela is an early to bed and early to rise town because so many people are working on farms. It's coffee, it's sugarcane, it's pineapple, it's banana. Um, so this whole, I mean, part of the experience is understanding where you are and the land where you are. And Alajuela is very much committed to this, agri you know, the, the economy is very much driven by agriculture. And you see that as we go through these rides, it's like coffee farm, sugarcane farm, um, just everywhere. And it's, it's really beautiful to see. So, Johan, we still need your, me your memorable experience over the, last, uh, over the last two days. Anything that sticks out for you? No, I will. Um, yeah, the, the two days have gone really fast and we have had some... Fantastic cycling experience. Uh, very different from my home in many, many ways. And uh, uh, I don't regret one second uh, coming this far travel to get here. Yeah. 
right. One more question for you. Um, so we, I would love to know the difference of a lot of people in the U.S. think about like amazing climbing in Europe and they have to go to Europe to get to amazing climbing and to experience, you know, like the Alps or, you know, where people go. And, you know, Dan, I believe that we have amazing climbing right here out the front door in Costa Rica, which is why we want to bring people down. So just from your experience riding a lot in Europe versus riding here, what would be the differences or similarities that you see? Well, it, I, I do believe the train here and the the the, the amount of uh, altitude in, in climbing is 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 awesome. I mean, you there is some challenge. There are some some altitude to climb. Um, I I do believe the uh, the roads are quite good. I mean, there's there's they're not bad. Uh, you have to pay attention, but you have to pay attention many roads you ride. So compared to European riding and 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 the Alps, um, well, you have you have the meters of altitude uh, like some most part of the Alps you have here as well, um, and I, I I do believe like the the whole traffic and the the culture here is fantastic. Um, traffic wise, we have like roads in Europe that we ride on is is quite small and narrow as well. But the speeds uh, the car is driving with is, uh, is much higher anyway. And and where I'm from, you can, I mean, cars will pass you like massive speeds. Here, the, the traffic is slower, more, more um, careful, actually. Uh, so th- there's no, not one single occasion I've felt like unsafe. Um, so it's good, yeah. Deb, I want to bring it back to you. Um, when you were talking, you said, you know, you had asked Robin lots of questions because when you're doing something so novel and so big and, you know, you're going out of the country, it's terrifying. So I, uh, will you share with us something that was, you know, maybe weighing on you or was scaring you? And have you, have you realized that here? Like what, what has that thing, has that thing come up or is it a, is it a moot point at this point? But what was, was there anything that was, you know, kind of like, oh gosh, I don't know. Absolutely, I can clarify that. So I would say, number one, how do I ride that much five days in a row? I had no idea if I could do it. I've never done it. How do I do it? So I did a good amount of like, you know, self-research on what are my best recovery practices while I'm here so I can, you know, maximize my, my performance each day and hopefully be able to do every day. And, um, so that was number one. And then more specifically, like today was, I had some fear about today with the 10,000 feet of climbing. I mean, I'm from Wisconsin, you guys, it's, we have hills, they're, they're very cute. Um, but, (laughs) oh yeah, they're very cute, but like nothing like this. Um, so I didn't know if I even could do today. So that fear is gone, right? Yay. Um, and then I think like, I mean, I was emailing back and forth with, with Jennifer prior to, um, arriving here and I was, I was kind of just, I'm a very scientific, logical thinker and I was, I was wanting the stats. I'm like, send me the GPXs. I want to look at these. Um, I want to see what's the maximum grade I'm going to encounter. Um, and you know, et cetera. And, um, having done two days now and feeling what that feels like. I am like so at ease now. It's really cool. So looking at something like this, like five day cycling challenge, I think as a woman, it's, you know, you're thinking, oh my God, there's going to be all these guys and they're all going to be strong and I'm going to get lost and nobody's ever going to find me. And that's going to be it. (laughs) Jennifer and Dan, I'm throwing this back to you guys. What have you found with, you know, nine cycling challenges already? What? Seven. 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 You got left out of one of them, Lewis. <laughs> I did. I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm on a roll. <laughs> I think you're coming back for the next one. Um, yeah, what have you guys found with, like, the basically the, the population of people that are being drawn to this challenge, and has it surprised you? It, it's, so when the first time we came down was, like, a we just wanted to check it out to see if this is even, even viable. So it was just me, and 
there were, I think one woman joined us for the first day. And in other ways, it was 10 days, no women, just me with the, with the Ticos and Dan. <laughs> and that was my experience. Um, and every time we come down, there are more female writers and more female writers. And that is amazing. And the reason why they're there is, yes, because they see other women ride. And I think that inspires them. But they also then feel super safe and comfortable with these amazing men that are taking them underneath their wing not underestimating them, showing them how to ride a bike, showing how to ride them strong, encouraging them when they need it, making them grab the wheel. I mean, it's just, this, it's the most beautiful experience riding I've ever had with a group of men ever. Um, and it's not just me that feels that. And I think I would imagine that, you know, not to speak words, but you feel that and Deb feels that and Robin feels that. And we've had more women come down this challenge than men. You know, and then they keep coming back because they see that this is a really inclusive, supportive, Experience and for a woman to have that experience with men in a large group of men in a setting where usually you feel ostracized or not included, or people are trying to run you off the reels or whatever it is, like it's really powerful and it's a really, I think, healing experience to have on a bike. The other thing I wanted to comment on is that the guides that we have that are on that are making a commitment to ride every ride, the Ticos, the local Ticos that are our guides, um, the group changes. Uh, based on their work schedules and who's available in January or May or September. Um, but we typically have anywhere from four to six guides on every ride that are wearing our uniforms that are easily, uh, easy to identify. And they do a great job making sure that there is nobody that's riding by themselves, that everybody is supported, that they, they know when the fruit stand is coming, they know when the stops are coming, they know when the big climbs are coming. So the local support that we get from our local guides is amazing. And there was a story the last time we were here when one of our athletes, Marilyn, was here. She got pulled up the last 10K of today's ride of Vuelta al Mundo by the strongest Tico rider that we have in this group, Luis Mora. Uh, he's, a, he's a pro rider. And he just is like, hey, stick on my wheel. I'm going to pull you up. Hang in there. Because this day's long. It's hot. Those last 10 or 12K are really tough. And, you know, he was coaching her and encouraging th her through there. And she got to the end. She was like, that was amazing. I can't believe that he just waited for me and pulled me up and encouraged me through and coached me through that experience because I needed it. And that was really heartwarming to hear and I think the experience even that we've had just in these first two days would be similar um, as far as Adele's involvement, Douglas's involvement, these guys that are part of our family here, part of our local family, the work that they do to make sure everyone is covered and everyone is taken care of um, is really, really special and really awesome to see. Lewis, I'm going to throw this back to you. Um, being so familiar with it, uh, what would you say to somebody, man or woman, who's you know, like on the fence, like, oh, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know if I can do it. I don't know if I can keep up or, um, you know, yeah. What would you say to them to encourage them to, you know, just get over the hump and get down here? Oh, that's a good question. I think that, um, well, you could always reach out to Jennifer. I think she'd be the one that could <laughs> talk you into, talk to you about her uh, start in, in cycling and triathlon and whatnot. And, and, but I, you know, we've, we've had, it's, it's kind of a crazy thing here. And this is a difference between um, anything I've ever done in the cycling world. I've been in the cycling world for almost 30 years. And the, I think with the people that are here with knowledge um, can help most average cyclists get through it. It's if you come here unprepared, overestimating yourself, underestimating this area, that's what gets you in trouble. So I brought a friend down here. I think he wasn't in his best shape. He might have been over 220 pounds. He's 57 years old. He did it, did great, and had a great time. But I spent a lot of time with him, and I loved every minute of it. Um, but he, and he listened to me from the gears to bring, the tires to bring, how to pace yourself. Every, all those little details are imperative. So I think most people can do it. I think you should try to do it. If you have really specific questions, reach out to Jennifer. But once you're here, I don't think you can underestimate it. Um, you know, overestimate yourself, but definitely overestimate what's going to happen down here because it's like uh, it's not. Most people in the U.S. haven't seen anything like this kind of this kind of riding, this kind of temperature and humidity, and and just 
all the things that come at you, 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 you know, they're not making it up when they say one-to-one -one gear ratios and, you know, run a little bit bigger tire and uh, pace yourself. And, you know, we've had people come out of here. We've all seen it. Uh, mostly guys. It's the ego thing, right? But they go sprinting up the first hill like it's nothing. And here we go. And you're like, well, you know, maybe, you know, they're exhausted by the time we even get to the feature climb. So... <laughs> Uh, but if, but I think I think most people can do it and, and enjoy it, and 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 then the other thing too is we have uh, really great um, uh, in Alex and Mauricio uh, great uh, support, and uh, there's plenty of uh, uh, people getting in the cars all the time when they need to, if they want to, if they're not feeling it, if it's too hot, whatever. Um, usually, usually it's Tico's doing that because uh, they're, you know, they're open to it and they're not committed committed to every day, but. Um, it's not like you get left out there. You just, you know, call it a day and try again the next day. And I think, uh, so that, that should, you know, you know, it's not a common thing that that happens, but that it, there, there's nothing really to fear in that regard. Yeah. I've been in the SAG vehicle, uh, both challenges. No, was it fun? Was it fun in there? Who were you well, with? First huh? of all, <laughs> the air conditioning was like. I look at it sometimes and go, oh. Oh, it's so nice in there. We got it in, we all go. <sighs> Plenty of stuff to drink, good entertainment, good oh, radio. Shit. We got into the chips. Yeah, yeah we were listening to uh, some we, good rap. Can we talk about the, the hose that's been attached to the support vehicle? <laughs> yeah, today we gave showers. I had a job. Uh, so when so we left, so we had the breakfast stop, and that's where I said, okay, I'm, I'm good. I'm going out on top. Pretty solid ride, right? Like 50 miles or whatever, 5,000 feet of climbing. Um and I hopped in the SAG vehicle, and uh, but then we pull around the parking lot, and out come hoses, and I'm like, what are they doing? And they're up on the roof, and um, I'm thinking, I'm like, are they cleaning my bike? Because my bike's up there. And then, um, and then Mauricio goes in the back seat and lifts up the seat and opens up this other thing, pulls out another hose. I'm like, what is going on? And then we got to the first stop where we were going to see you guys, and he said, I got a job for you. So I came out, and then on the roof, they had a tank like this. It almost looks like a like a Thule box, right? It's like this red tank, and then we were putting ice cubes in it, and there's a hose attached to it. So I got to um, spray everyone down, which was really fun. I felt like I was seven, and um, <laughs> it was really fun. And then we got um, we got a, you guys on the climb too. Johan got quite the shower um, going up uh, Aguacate. So it was a blast. I had a good time. This is one of my favorite parts too of riding is that even when people jump in the SAG vehicles, they then support you on the climb. And so like you end up with, we, we have multiple, there's more, there's not just our support cars, but the Ticos have their support cars. So it's multiple cars, people cheering for you, giving you showers or you know, seeing how you're doing all the way up. So you're always like, you're always being supported. And apparently no, and ICE, that's the other one. Yep. Yeah, Sunday's a pretty special day. It's the, a long day, and you you leave with this group, but then the group grows, and then people leave, and then people then yeah, it starts with two groups, and then there's like a you know like a Fiat going up this thing with like eight bikes on it, and like six Ticos in the back seat with wheels on them. I mean, it's just you can't you just can't describe it. It's just hysterical. It's it's such a it's such a a monster day and um and just one of the the most fun, the most fun days, I think. Um yeah. So, uh yeah, as we wrap this up, um Deb, I just want to say uh if you have any final words for anybody who's on the fence about coming, what what would you say? I would say that you have to train for it. You can't just like come in here without having ridden consistently for months before this. Um, me being from like a more like a colder weather climate, uh, this was especially challenging to train for because I did the majority of my training indoors on my uh, indoors on my trainer with Swift and. It's, you, you, you grind it out, you get it done. Um, but uh, it, it kept me going, like knowing this was coming, it kept me going through the winter and I've probably achieved my best fitness over the winter than I, that I have in a really long time. So. And, and for Deb and Robin to come here from Wisconsin, train in the winter, be indoors, try to get outdoors, try to find a hill to climb, for both of them to train in that environment, come down here and absolutely rock it and just be incredible <laughs> and grind it. It's just, it's a testament to, to their abilities, to their attitudes. 
And I think regardless of where you live and where you come from, if you have an attitude of I've got this and, and you're positive and you're willing to grind a little bit, I think that's really what it takes to to make it through these days. And Deb and Rob and coming from the Midwest, coming from a place without steep grades and giant mountains have done an amazing job. And it's very, very cool to see. Thanks. Yeah, I, th- I think that pulls upon um, having the experience here. Have the experience. Don't get so caught up in the agenda and the expectations and give yourself a shot. Give yourself the opportunity to actually see if you can get up to, to climb 10,000 feet. Like you can always get in the truck. You can always have that option, but give yourself a shot and don't grip too tightly to how this adventure has to play out. There's many opportunities to experience the Bapura Vita down here. Johan, uh, what are you going to take? What are you going to take away with you from this experience and bring back to, uh, to Sweden and maybe implement into your training, your life, your, your community, your, um, your athletes? Uh, well, definitely to, um, take with me the, like when, when you come to a new place, um, involve yourself more with the local community and, and try to do that. In a, even if you're there a short period of time, I think the, uh, what you have here is something unique. Uh, we don't have it when we go on our training camps to the Canarias or Spain or Mallorca, whatever it is. Uh, we do our thing, uh, but I, this is, uh, it, yeah, it's it's very very exciting and and you learn a lot and you feel that you're a part of the community and the place you're you're coming to. Uh, so so I will definitely bring that part with me, uh, and it means a lot, uh, and and try to get that into to our way of, of uh, doing our camps. And I just wanted to add one more thing about training over the winter in Wisconsin. Um, it was, it after getting all those months of training done, my I found that the mindset, so far the mindset that I've had has really been helpful and that's, okay, I put in this amount of training, I did all the proper stuff, now I'm gonna just show up and see what my body can do. And that's been my mindset so far. And it's been really, really helpful so far. And you are crushing it with a smile, (laughs) which is kind of easy to do. It's kind of easy to do with all the smiles that are being thrown around here. All right. We're going to wrap this up. Um, But I want to just get a final thought from Jennifer and and Dan about... um, I know you guys are passionate about this this challenge and what has happened so far and where it's going to go. But how how high is your stoke level when you're actually here hearing this feedback from the actual participants and being immersed back into the community here? How does that feel inside for both of you? Very warm. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's really beautiful. I think it's always fun. It's really fun when you find something you love, but then to share it with people, that's what like amplifies it to a whole new level. And then to do it again and again, it's like it's amplified again and again. So I love cycling even more because I'm down here and I get to share it, then I love it more. It's just, it's really beautiful. I mean, it's hard. These are my favorite, some of the favorite days I have all year is being down here and sharing this with people. So it's pretty amazing. I agree with Jennifer 100%. And for me, riding with people that are doing some of these stages for the first time of their life, to me, is amazing because I like to see the look on their face and coach them through it. And, um, you know, there's some days coming up where you're, you got to dig deep and I know what's coming. Jennifer knows what's coming. Some of, these, some of the people, the athletes at this table right here know what's coming. But I've always love to just be next to somebody and watch them ride some of these uh, these stages for the first time and share that experience with them and, and just feel their energy and just kind of live it with them for the first time because there's only one first time. And then you can do it a second time and you'll see different stuff and you have a different experience, but you only do Sacramento Barba for the first time one time. You know, you only do Lourdes for the first time one time, which is tomorrow. Um, so being able to see that with the athletes we've had over the last um, seven uh, camps that we've had, 
to me, that's been really special. And I really enjoy that part of the, of the experience for me of just like your experience the first time up Awakate and your experience yesterday the first time up Las Antenas. You know, that's just amazing to see. So that's, that's a big part of what I take from this. Mm. I'm stoked for tomorrow now. Like just having this conversation with you all and uh, talking about riding bikes. Like let's go out there and ride some bikes tomorrow. Thank you all so much for being here. I'll tell you one funny story yeah. from today too. Uh, just Please. to add, and this is, this is the first time I've done it. I've seen it a million times, but I got a kick out of it today. So when we're riding in the group, people are calling out potholes. People are calling out, you know, we're passing riders a la derecha. Um, or people call out cars that are passing. And today, because it's mango season, I was calling out mangoes who are in the road because they're so big. You don't want to hit a mango at full speed. <laughs> so, you know, it was just so funny how much more Costa Rican can a bike ride get when you're pointing to mangoes on the road <laughs> so you don't hit them and, and you know... It was, it was a hoot. And you guys remember those spots. And frankly, some of those mangoes have been run over so much that they would be a little slick. So you literally, yeah, you need to be careful riding over mangoes. I almost got taken out by a mango. <laughs> the back tire, like, the back, I was like, oh my God, that was a mango. It's like, <laughs> it was the first time in the history of riding bikes like Lewis for 30 plus years where I'm, point, I'm calling out mangoes in the road and I just internally was laughing about it. I thought it was I thought it was a great time. Well, there was this one point today where we did a quick stop just to regroup, which is so typical, right? Like we had a left-hand turn, just want to make sure everybody got the turn, had a quick regroup, and by the time I get there, because, you know, everybody's hanging out and waiting, I show up, um, everybody's just eating mangoes. Like, I, there was a big pile of mangoes yeah. on the side there of the... There was, just t- randomly, on oh the sidewalk. God. They yeah. looked so good, but yep. I didn't get one. <laughs> no, not enough time. I got to get stronger and faster when I come back, but... But uh, this has been a joy. I love you all, and I was just so happy to have you here and to be able to share this and share it with the community and and whoever's listening. You know, if this is on your heart, my God, don't wait, don't wait. There's tell us about the next. Um, what's the next trip, Dan? So the next trip is going to be um, September two through six. This this one is six through ten. So September two through six, twenty twenty three, um, at the end of a, our summer in the U.S. And for here, it's um, not the rainy season yet. We will typically get afternoon showers here, but we're, we're usually done before those hit. Um, so early September, it's over Labor Day weekend. So Labor Day is that Monday of our third day. Um, so early September, we're pumped for it. Uh, we'll be back here at the Pure Vita Hotel. We'll be back with the Tico group, and we can't wait. We're looking forward to it. Awesome. Thanks so much. 